Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Yay Networks. I'm the crown jewel of Dallas society, and my mouth has no manners. I'm Deandra Simmons, and in my house, I like to keep it real. I'm Amy Vanderoff, and it's easy to not give a rip. We're going to show you how. Welcome to the I Don't Give a Rip podcast, home edition. We're still at home broadcasting here at Deandra Simmons' lovely home. Deandra, how are you today? I'm good. I love it that you call it the home edition. Home edition. (laughs) You know what? We want to just say, you know, we're not in studio yet. We're still broadcasting every week from your house. We're still being safe. In a, you hear the sights and sounds of the home right. going on behind you. There's lots dogs of barking, contractors right. working, yes, <laughs> brooms sliding around. You right. know, <laughs> it's real life and it's happening right now. We yes. have a guest today. We do have a guest. We have my friend and stylist Nolan Meter. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Who has his own podcast, which we'll get to later. Yes about fashion he's yes, already graded our fashion choices well actually mine was not a choice because he dressed me this morning. <laughs> you look so beautiful i come in here with my flannels and my t-shirt and stuff i look like a fashion don't but you were so generous and said that i could pull it off i, I love plaid i own actually i didn't own plaid until my sister sent me a plaid in the mail randomly in october and i picked it up and i said "Ooh, this isn't heinous <laughs> and i put it on and it was so comfortable and so that night i wore it to the Bill Bouquet of all places <laughs> I <laughs> under, love a blazer, under a blazer. Well, you haven't been back here in some time, so it's very fun that you're joining us today. And you styled Deandra uh, because well, she minus has- the jog the jogging pants or whatever, because that's the only thing I can wear with my. I don't go below the cats. equator. I don't go below the equator <laughs> these days. <laughs> you don't need to. I don't Zoom, need to. We can keep it uptown. Sky. Yeah, we can right. keep uptown. We, we keep it uptown. Keep it uptown. Can you talk about what uh, interviews you had? Yes. So this week, so far, I've had a people reality check with Darren Karp, who used to, by the way, be Andy Cohen's assistant. And I think they still collaborate on a lot together, but she is now hosting uh, the people reality check. And it was fun and a little salacious. You know, I mean, you got to be a little kind of shady at times. Uh, Do you get nervous for these interviews? Do you know what they're going to ask first? I don't get nervous. I get nervous afterwards because then you're like, oh shit, what did I say? Because I'm, as we talked about on that interview and others, I'm so transparent and I overshare, which my husband calls me an overshare. I wear my heart on my sleeve Mm -hmm. and then I overshare and then people get mad at me because I said what I, what I was thinking, no filter. (laughs) And, you know, it is what it is, but that's what I think makes me kind of a appealing housewife to some people because I am an oversharer. <laughs> if you want to filter, mean, go to the snappy chat or Instagram. Yeah, go to okay? the snappy chat. Don't come here. We don't have a filter. Um, all right. So speaking of, you know, bringing your authentic self and some hurt feelings, let's talk about this week's episode. Uh, Carrie suggests that maybe you're not being a good friend to her. You say, uh, I'll never be the friend you want me to be. You finally kind of throw your hands up in the air. Talk about that relationship and and what you thought watching this week's episode. I think when people give you a, you must do this and you must be do that to be a good friend, that's first of all, a big red flag in my opinion, because not everyone is going to 
do what you want them to do or be the person that you want them to be at all times. And that's what makes us all unique and different. And that's what is so great about the differences between people. So when you say I'm a bad friend because I'm not calling you every day, I'm not inviting you out all the time. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. Basically, you're focusing on the negativity, which is what Carrie all last year talked about. Oh, you're so negative. You're so negative. You're so negative. All I've heard is her being negative and talking about how I'm failing at everything in friendship. But I also heard other girls saying that I talk about myself. When I get on the phone with them, which is not as often as they talk, they may talk two, three times a day. But even if I wasn't as busy as I am, which everybody's busy in a different way, I probably still wouldn't call someone every day. I'm not a phone talker. That's just not the kind of friend I am. Mm -hmm. Five minutes, you get five minutes. That's it. I don't think I've ever heard your voice on the phone. Or you come to my house and and you sit down and you say, I need to talk to you. Let's have a glass of wine and I will feed you and give you a cocktail. And you can show up at any time for that. And that's fine with me. That's the kind of friend I am. I'm a friend with an open door. Yep. So, and I did tell Carrie that many times. So I just feel like because I'm not um, living up to her expectations, it doesn't make me a bad friend. It's just, I'm different. Yeah. And I don't, when people try to double down on me and tell me what to do, I'm going to do the opposite. That's just my personality. You know that. Add a girl. Well, I like I, it. I think that it was particularly unfair to you because a lot of the time I would have had some empathy for her if you two had been inseparable and calling her every single day for the like the, the beginning of your friendship, like she was describing, but nothing changed in your friendship. Right. So nothing it, changed. it's not like. No, and good point, went, by it, the it's way. It's not like it went from something like what she's describing to something new because it didn't. And like I've had that experience with friends where I've said, you know, you've changed and now I'm really upset. And then like that's happened because if, you know, if you're used to a friend who's there 24 seven, all of a sudden they're not, then it's different. But if you've already established what your relationship boundaries are in a friendship and then someone gets mad because they're not what they expect, that's not on you. That's on them. Mm-hmm. That's a really good way to say it because we're all wired differently. We are all receive and give in different ways and you've established exactly how you care for her, but you show in different ways than she'd like. And even when I do something, for for instance, she made fun of me with the cake, okay? You saw her make, oh, give her a medal. She got the cake. Well, when I wasn't planning the birthday party, I said to Cameron, is there something I can do to help you? And she said to me, you know, what do you think cake-wise would she like? I go, oh, that's easy. Let me call Eduardo and Sophia. So I reached out so Cameron could take that off of her plate. That was the whole point. So that was one less thing Cameron had to think about. And I Mm -hmm. got the answer and gave it back to Cameron. Okay, so, I mean, a good friend, somebody that's not a good friend doesn't even take the time. They don't care. You know, just eat what you have. I mean, that's just not the kind of person I am. I'm a detail-oriented person. I did the best I could on Brandy's birthday party. I'm sorry that people weren't happy with the situation. And I'm sorry that Carrie and I fought the whole time because she really got under my skin. But I'm also, I'm very upset with these ladies by, when I talk to somebody on the phone, I call, they act like I don't ever ask about them. I always ask, how's your family? How's your husband? How's your kids? What's going on? If they choose not to tell me, that is their business. We'll talk about that because you've mentioned that earlier when we first started the podcast. You know, when you hear the confessionals of the other ladies, that's you're watching it as a viewer for the first time, just like we are. Right. And that was perhaps even more hurtful because you are hearing this for the first time watching this going, well, well, man, I didn't see that sling or arrow coming my way. Right, I didn't see that in shaming me because I don't have children of my own. I have stepchildren, I think is also, and I did point out, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said, well, Carrie said I have four children. Three of them have been pretty much grown. One of them is a 12 year old daughter who she really does still have to be a mommy all the time. But 
the children that are older, they are kind of at that stage where they don't really want mom and dad in their lives all the time because, you know, they're that age. When you're 16 on or 14 on, you kind of want to do things yourself and pave your own path. And then you kind of realize a little bit later in life, oh, I kind of need my mommy again, you know? And my mom is very much involved in my life, but not as a check writer, as a mother. So I had some, you know, hurt feelings about how that was portrayed about my mother in my life. So it's just, you know, it's read me a little bit wrong and I'll get over it. But I have made every effort to always ask about their family, their relationships, what's happening in their life. And yes, do I tell them what's happening in my life? Maybe I'm, the problem is my oversharing. How are you, Deandra? Well, I'm not doing so great this week. And I'll just tell you, I'm not doing so great this week. I mean, Nolan knows. Right. And I always say I'm not doing great or I'm doing great or everything's fine or everything's not fine. Right. And I've never, I've on several occasions, on the most random of occasions, I, it was right before finals week one year for me, she calls me, oh, how'd your marketing final go? I was like, how the fuck did you remember that? Like the, <laughs> she she you does know what though, I mean? yeah. So, I mean, it was kind of mind-blowing to see. I also, I take issue with the fact of, especially Carrie and Cameron making such a problem out of the fact that your mother, like, has money and provides for you in some way. Where do they think their husband's money comes from? Because neither of their husbands are successful. Their husbands both come from extreme family wealth. So they might have a job at daddy's company, but do you think they're doing the job worth the salary they're getting? Probably not. So <laughs> Did you hear those shots fired? Honestly, oh my no, gosh. it's just, it's just, I'm sorry, but you can't, I mean, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones unless your husband's out there, you know, being a lawyer or a doctor or whatever, shut the hell up about it. And if Tiffany had an issue about it, I get it. Cause you know what? Tiffany makes all of her own money most of the time. And so I understand that. But those two, really? And it's not Carrie's fault that she, I mean, it is Carrie's fault. She doesn't have any money that's her own. Get a job. What do you say to that, Deandra? Sorry, I left, I left my conscience at home. I thought that was very interesting, that whole exchange with her saying that I have a mother, I have a trust fund, I have a home that's paid for, I have all of this, and she has nothing but Eduardo. My thought about that is, hmm, I've worked since I was 14 years old. I've never not had a job. There are times when I worked four jobs. I was telling you today that when I was an actress in LA and in New York, I was cleaning houses. I was waiting tables. I was doing, you know, before there was Uber errands for people and I'm delivering food, whatever I could do to make ends meet. And I remember going to New York with a thousand dollars in a duffel bag. That's all I had. And I lived in a something, I mean, I don't even know what it's called nowadays, but I paid $173 a week to have a room with a sink and a bunch of other women lived in that area too. It was right by 34th and 10th. It was bad back then, really bad and probably still not the greatest, but you know, it was very bad. Hell's Kitchen, very bad. So I lived in this room, in this place, which is $173 a week. And I barely could make you know payments every week. And then I did finally end up moving to a rent controlled apartment, but I worked several jobs. So it's, I've always worked. So Carrie's commentary on my mommy and writing checks and, and having a trust and all of that. If I was, it's not my life to live, but she went to SMU. She got an education. It was her choice not to work. It's still her choice. The reason she doesn't have money is, you know, she could, she has a jewelry company. She can make money from her jewelry company. I don't know what she, her stuff's beautiful. Yeah. I don't know what she does with her money. I mean, I thought it was doing really well. So for her to say that she doesn't have any money, I don't know what's happening because she told me that she's selling a lot of jewelry. If that's really the case, I would be stockpiling that cash and putting as much aside as possible. 
and not buying Chanel handbags and Valentino handbags and all these other pretty little shiny things, I would be, you know, stockpiling cash, which is what, by the way, I've been doing for a, a long time, why I don't have Birkins and things like that, because I either put the money back into my business, I buy a few things here and there. I mean, look, I got what, two Chanel bags, one from my husband, that's first Chanel bag I've ever gotten that was not, that was in brand new. Okay. Correct. So everything else I buy secondhand pretty much if it's very expensive, mm -hmm. but I can't bring myself to buy myself a Birkin because I just feel like that would not be prudent with me trying to run this business. So That's where I come in. She likes all these shiny things. I just say, okay, well, you don't need to spend $4,000 on a jacket if I can find it 40% off. Yeah. And it's still, you know, that's where we both get in trouble is we still maybe both forget that is 40% off. <laughs> we're still spending several thousand dollars, but we, you know, cross that bridge when you get to it. Okay. Are you surprised that with Carrie, you know, you guys do trunk shows together. You both have that same hustle and desire to, you know, sell your wares and grow and support each other. Why the constant turning guns on each other? Why do you think it's not like you guys against the world? Why are you guys in the bunker with the guns pointed? I think what in? I'm really surprised at is not, I don't know why Carrie, first of all, has done all this stuff and why she's so angry with me. And of course I didn't see, I saw the fights we were having, but I didn't see the commentary until now. What I was really surprised about is everybody else piling on top of the Carrie train on top of me, because that made no sense to me because I wasn't having any problems with Brandy. I wasn't having problems with Stephanie. I wasn't having problems with Cameron that I knew about, but yet everybody is joining forces with the Carrie and and it's like a train rolling over me. And then, oh, let's back up again and roll over her again. So that really kind of shocked me yeah. because- um, It's hurtful. I, I, just I, watched, didn't know. I watched the episode with you and watched you heard it the same time as everybody else in America hears it. That's It's shocking. I mean, you'll see later on, Brandy and I do have some issues, which are, you know, I, anyway, you can think they're, whatever you think when you get there. I don't know. Okay. It just, it, it, it was really- surprising. So I really did think that this year was going to be a very easy -er year for me on this show because um, my, you know, the one person I was fighting with all the time wasn't there. And I thought oh, I can breathe a little bit and tell this story about reaching out to my family. And then I have all these women at different times coming for me and attacking me. And, and I, it's, I think because Carrie does talk to them on the phone several times a day, when you're talking to someone all the time on the phone and going out with them all the time, then you're convincing them to come towards your, come across or come uh, to your way of thinking. I think that's the problem. I think uh -huh. that there's validity there. I feel like maybe with Carrie, part of the issue is she hasn't communicated to you what she wants as a friend and still she's mad at you for not being it. But you don't know what she wants because she hasn't told you. Right. I just think, I think that's kind of unfair. And I think you have friends like this too, Nolan, right? Like we, I have friends that need a lot of handholding. Mm -hmm. They also have a lot more bandwidth than I do. And so, and I feel like I understand what you need from me, but like I'm in a different place as a single mom, as, as you know, working seven days a week, like I can only give so much. And then I have friends that I know that I don't, we can do stuff or not do stuff or I can see them every three months and we're like, you good? I'm good. You good? We're good. Okay. And they don't need a lot of that right. caretaking. Is that the burden you kind of feel from someone who needs a lot more than you can give? Yeah. I've always been the kind of friend that I'm there when you need me, but I'm probably not going to call you every day and just chit chat about what color blouse you're wearing. Cause that is right. a waste of time for me. And it's a waste of time for you. In my opinion, I think you should be doing much more important things. I mean, but yesterday I'll give you an example of the kind of friend I am. I have this group text from my sweet college friends. There's about 10 of us on there. 
And one of the girls was having, has a daughter who's at Sweetbriar. She's having a hard time because they are not allowed to be in each other's rooms. They can't go. To, they are, I think they may have some classes, but it's very isolating. It's a small campus anyway, in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of Amherst, Virginia, which is about 20 miles from Lynchburg, Virginia, which is still in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's nothing to do. They can't go anywhere. They're isolated. It's snowing. So we all said, okay, what can we do? And she said, well, here's her number, you know, reach out and text. So I texted her. I said, this is Deandra. I went to school with your mom. I said, you know, of all of her friends, I'm probably the craziest one on this stupid show, Real Housewives. So don't judge me for that. But if you ever want to talk, I had a hard time at that school too, because I felt very isolated and I, you know, I just, I just did. So she wrote back immediately. And then her mother, I said, oh, by the way, what's her Instagram? Because I knew these kids are all on Instagram. So I followed her Instagram. I liked all of her photos for a year, commented on some of them. Then her mother started sending me all of her friends. So I went on all of her friends' Instagrams, liked, followed all of them, liked all their photos for a year. And, you know, that was, that was me being a friend. That was something I could do. Right. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's an example. So that, I think you're pretty consistent in what you're saying, Deandra, because you look for need. And when someone is lacking, when someone is suffering, when there is need, you pour in and you'll stop down. Like I've seen you do. And you stand up and you look at somebody and say, what's up, what's going on? What can I do? But in day-to-day life, you're, you're, if everyone, you're good, everyone's good. We keep going. There's not a lot of handholding. Yeah. And I think it's unfair that you two were never best friends. Like she was never your best friend in the whole right. world. So to have this level of disappointment in someone to feel the need to go after them constantly just doesn't make sense to me. Like I had something recently where my best friend in the whole world and I, we don't speak anymore and it is constantly painful. I would, you know, if I saw him now, I would burst into tears, but it's not that kind of a thing with like, they weren't that close for the love of God. Like take a Xanax, find a new friend, get a teddy bear or a therapist. Let's like do this. I think it's what happens so many different relationships, whether it's a business relationship, a personal relationship, a friendship, a family relationship. It's when expectations aren't met on the other side. People, and, and this is the same thing with working with Darren, my shaman. And he's taught me, don't try to control outcomes. Outcomes are also expectations. You can't expect me to do something that is not in my nature. I'm not comfortable with just because that's what you want. Sometimes you have to sit in yourself and think about, you know, center like I've been doing on the show this year and be happy within yourself Yeah. and not worry about Deandra didn't call me today or Deandra didn't do this or Deandra didn't invite me for drinks this week because it's probably has nothing to do with the friendship. It's probably just, you know, really at the end of the day, I don't need to hear about your new Valentino bag. I mean, that's not something that is going to be, if you want to call me because Olivia, your daughter is having a problem, I will sit and I will, you will have my full attention and I will talk to you about it. And I will give you everything I can give. This is what I'm hearing. You're not here for the idle chat- chatter. I'm not an idle chatter person. Don't want the idle chatter. You don't have Unless the- Unless it's about the- cooking or donuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's valid. Disclaimer. So yeah, idle chatter drives you nuts. It takes a lot of your head to kind of wrap your brain around it. You're not good at it. You don't like it. You don't want to serve it up. But when it's something meaningful, like you said, when it's time to stop down and to like and follow and comment and listen and mm-hmm. send the food and, you know, find out what the cake is, you're there make for a that difference in someone's I life. I feel like that's all Carrie would need to hear is just it's just like I'm not wired that way. Well, not, I also, I'm not doing it for you, but I'm doing it for everybody else. I'm just not wired that way. Yeah. And I also feel like she didn't give you the chance because I mean, I've met Carrie. She's a, she is a nice person and a very kind person and clearly a devoted mother. I think in that situation, she was probably, I can only imagine what it's like to have a child feel that way. It's terrifying. And 
it might have been an unfair and maybe an unfair expectation of you, but she might have had that expectation of I can't handle telling everybody about this. My close friends should just know. And in that moment, you're dealing with so much, you don't understand that that's maybe an unreasonable expectation to have. I like not being attached to the outcome. Don't you like that? That we, what you said, like, mm-hmm. by the way, I do that with my dating and I tell everybody when they're dating, don't go on a date being attached to the outcome. You know, right. don't audition them for I do before you even meet them. Like really just go and try to be present with somebody and enjoy the process. Don't think about how is this going to end. Don't, you don't have to read the last page of the book. Right. And I also don't, Amy, because, you know, yesterday, for instance, I didn't get to go to lunch with you all, okay? But you don't get mad at me because I can't go to lunch with you because I'm dealing with something on my own, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Or if you were doing that, I wouldn't get mad at you because you're not there. Mm-hmm. That's just not, I mean. <sighs> no, it's case in point. You could have had a fun time yesterday and go to this brunch, but you knew that you needed to maintain your Self, personal health and wealth. Self-care. So, and like, yeah. you just needed to, yeah, self-care it. Did you, and I left you a message about that too. Yes. I sent a message and I was like, you know, you bless and release that. You know, there's plenty of things to say yes to and plenty of things that it's okay. And I'm all about okay. self-care. People need to take time and days for themselves to make themselves feel better, get healthy, center, whatever it is. I'm all about that. And yep. I'll be supportive of that. So yep. I mean, there are there are hills to die on. And I think these little hills about calling every day or going out to drinks or lunch once a week, or every week. I, I mean, that's not a hill for me to die on. Okay. I, I don't, idle chatter is a great way. Right. Idle mm. chatter. Tommy, remember that? Idle chatter. <laughs> I'm not about idle chatter. That no. could be your next, that could be your next book. Not idle, not, not idle chatter. Not and idle just like chatter. a list of, you right. know, how to be successful or something. Totally. Oh my Lord. So tell me, Amy, speaking of <laughs> important and not so important things, when, what's happening idle in your chatter. life? Uh, every, what idle chatter is happening Is that a life? new segment? I don't know. I just, I came up with it before and now it's a thing, right? It now we're, like it. now it's like it. a thing. Um, everything is status quo in my life. Nolan, I have an 11 year old and it's been a hybrid situation with the homeschooling and the in-schooling oh and the outschooling gosh. and the sports and the, activities and, and the sports activities and the, you which, know, which terrifies wearing. me. Cause like, I hope they don't make the kids wear masks while they're playing sports because they're going to start dropping like flies. Right. I mean, lack of oxygen. Scary. But also, do, do you want kids climbing on each other right now? Probably not. It's so a, what do you do? Okay, so it's an odd thing. So my son did football and now he does basketball. And so basketball, when they're on the sidelines, they wear their mask when they play where they're actually breathing and touching each other. They don't, but I'm with you. They need to breathe and I don't want them to have the masks on when they're playing anyway. So, but And then also there's only Weird. two parents allowed per child in the stand. So, I mean, there's just no, I understand. And I understand that. I mean, that I understand. I just, with the, the restrictions on, you know, I just, I don't know if it makes, makes sense to have that many, I mean, yeah. only, maybe only have enough kids to play. Do in they the room. test the kids? I mean, how do they know? They don't test the kids. They don't temperature check. They don't do any Now, what of are that. they doing at school? Like, That's how's dark. that working now? So at school, it's a, shields or something yeah so they have to carry around plexiglass dividers and they set them up on each of their desks so oh, and so they the, so the students carry the them around students carry them okay. around and then they also wear their masks and so some of the school uh kids are still at home because you have the option to do completely right. at home or in school so there are less bodies in the school so it's interesting but you know but then if someone gets covid and they deem that you may have had some interaction, you're automatically Everybody sent home out, yeah. for two weeks, even if you have a negative test. Right. So it's, you know, I am lucky that I'm working from home still, which by the way, has been the biggest blessing, not flying every single week. I have really thrived and loved this work from home situation. I'm, I'm here for it. Um, and so I'm, you know, lucky that my son comes home for two weeks. We can manage in the same space. I'm thinking of all of these parents who do not have that 
luxury and these kids yeah. are left home alone or and unsupervised. Who have young kids who can't go to daycare yes. and have to work from home. I mean, I just feel so bad. But what struck me was I can't believe the kids have to carry around the plexiglass. Yeah, I know. Do they carry them like this in front of their face? <laughs> they, the it's almost like a little suitcase oh handle. Oh my God. When Did he you first, have to buy it? Did the parents have to buy them? No, the Dallas Independent School District wow. provided them. But when he came home, his leg was all cut up and bloody. I was like, what happened to you? Oh, from like hitting it all day. Because it, would, it rubs up against mm. his leg and would hit him. And I was like, oh my gosh, the first day of school, I just felt horrible walk, yeah. walk, watching him walk in. They're six feet apart and they have their masks on. Nobody's talking. It was a first day of middle school. So you know oh, how it's already Yeah, it's already a, a really scary right. day. So anyway, he's he's doing great though. By the grace of God, he is thriving what in middle school. What are the like social repercussions for these children now, do you think? Yeah, yeah. I guess you don't really know the effects until after, right? Like right now his grades are good. Right now he enjoys his teachers and these, you know, met new friends. But I can't imagine what their day is like. They have never seen the face of their fellow classmates. Like, and their teachers are trying to teach to online kids with a mask on and then also kids that are in front of them. I just it's, don't know how they're doing it. What's mind boggling. So my mother um, works at an independent school and like the protocols in place are so insane I mean, and it's the only school that's actually been able to pretty much remain open without mm. having to really close, but they have plexiglass in every room on every desk on three sides. Oh my God, so that would be horrible. So what if the, you have claustrophobia? <gasps> I know, but then like, so, but th then it's in every room so the students don't have to move it and everything's in pods so that if one person gets COVID, their whole pod goes out, but it's not, doesn't shut down the whole school. Okay. Every room has air scrubbers oh. that clear the air every 15 minutes. I mean, it's like absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a How lot. is she managing? Um, well, it, thankfully, my mother doesn't work um, directly in the classroom and things, but she's just been with some of the planning of it. Okay. And it's just what a lot of places don't understand is the massive cost associated with it. Oh, my because, God. I can't imagine. I mean, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars because you have to you have to implement, you know, ways to keep everybody safe. So if the dining hall wasn't big enough, they have to rent a, an 80,000 square foot tent. Yeah, right. Right. Or, you know, just just for extra space or, you know, and that's a lot of of money and it's, you know, a very scary time anyway. And then everybody's always wondering, oh, we would just put up all this money. Are we going to get shut down in two weeks? Just yeah. you just don't know. We but, extended our school year here. So my son oh. doesn't get out until June 18th now instead of Memorial Day. Oh, wow. So and then and he has then, to go back when? And then they're going back in August. So there's their summer break is cut down mm. by a month. And because of so many kids lacking and failing and are behind, they're voting on extending next year to an extra month oh, too, God. just to make up, which I don't they know if that makes sense. They still get breaks or are they not doing the breaks anymore? They, they do get breaks. So they do get the same kind of, you know, uh, yeah, holidays break, off and spring like breaks and things like that. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's, that's wow. me in a nutshell. I, but I've got to say I'm, I'm faring well, regardless of all of the the fuckery, as I call it, because, <laughs> you know, I've been able to manage it. But um, to your point, it's expensive. It's costly. You never know when they're going to get ripped out of school for two weeks and be, you know, everything will be disrupted. Not always the most welcome surprise. No, not I got at all. A, speaking of it, I got a, um, a message from the hospital saying that I could register for my COVID vaccine, which I thought was weird because of my age. Jeremy has already gotten his. He got his message and he literally went the very next day. I don't know how this, you know, lottery system is working. I have no idea, but I haven't signed up because my doctor said I had to wait another two months because I had it in December. So I'm not just going to go get it because yeah. they tell me I can do it now until I talk to my doctor. Yeah, I've heard that too. Strange. Like when it, when you're so close to your diagnosis, you do have to wait a certain yeah, amount of she, time. Yeah, it was three months total. Jeremy's almost, he's about three month mark right now. 
Okay. So, but I want to wait for, they're supposed to have one that's a one shot, Johnson Johnson. That's yes. what I'm waiting for. Oh yes. I've heard about yes. that. I'm hoping it comes soon too, because uh, the second shot is where people are having trouble. Second shot. I've heard the mm-hmm. second shot is where people start getting those symptoms and side effects. Okay. What's going on in New York city with you? Well, unfortunately not a whole lot. So I left the city at the beginning of December just for the holidays because everybody left. Everybody was either in Florida COVID partying, as we call it, because everybody's in Palm Beach, Miami. And I would like see my friends on Instagram, 40 people to dinner, sit down. I'm like, this is just look, stupid. Look at the breakers. COVID doesn't oh, yeah, exist. Oh, yeah, so, and I got such hell for saying that you needed a hazmat suit to come back from Florida on the show, which was just funny. It's true. And everybody's COVID partying with no masks on in Florida. That's kind of what I was talking and, about. Oh it's my like, gosh, you know, everybody is staying. There's at no the, COVID apparently there. Everybody in Miami, they're like staying at the Satai and there's 80 of them in front of the pool. And they're all, it's all the same people from my neighborhood in the city. I'm like, I know you, I know you, I know you. Like, this is weird that you're like, your ex-husband's over. Like, this is so strange and also you're just being dumb Mm. so they all went there or the fancy people went to their like ski houses so I gave up my apartment for a couple months because I knew I wasn't going to be there why would I pay for it so Uh I went to visit my family in Maine for a couple weeks um, and have lost my sanity a little bit and I can't wait to go back but thankfully this one called me and was like will you come I said thank god yes (laughs) yes so you flew in from Maine yes okay Um, I'm sure that's a nice respite but still it's after three days yeah. You know what? I was very fortunate to grow up there 15 minutes from the beach and an hour from the mountains and 45 minutes from Boston, but I'm over it. Yeah. But it's tell, a, tell Amy what time you had to get on tough. the shuttle this morning. Oh yeah, morning. just because I love her so much because I was supposed to come in tomorrow morning and there's a nor'easter coming tonight. Oh, it's snowing like crazy oh, up there snowing. right now. Oh, it's snowing, it's snowing like crazy. Well, and it turns out, so last night when I looked, it said the nor'easter was, it was going to start at like 4 p.m. today. Mm-hmm. I get, uh, I wake up. My flight was at 6 a.m., okay? And I actually didn't tell you this, so this is lovely. Uh Um, So the other night I called Deandra and I say, I'm going to switch my flight to Monday because there's a Nor'easter coming, fine. So my flight's at 6. I live an hour from the airport. Um, Thankfully, our friends have a bus company that just does shuttles directly to the airport. So I just hopped on one. It's like five minutes from our house. It's not that far. And so I get to the airport at 5.15. I woke up at 3 because I had to make sure my bags were packed right. I had to make sure I had all my skin cream, all my, like, all Deandra's clothes. All your hard night, good morning. All, no, all her, all her clothes, all her clothes, all my clothes, right. all our scarves that we're totally going to share. Back skin cream. I've got that upstairs. You could have just had. It Damn like, it! Uh, oh, I told. I told. I already. I already told Anna. I said I'm. T- I, my mother actually told me to bring some L22 home because she ran out. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> Yay, I'm not shout kidding. Shout out to L22. Yeah. And she goes, Nolan, bring that one I like back. I said, Okay, mom. Aww, that's so nice of you. I get to the airport and they're like, Your flight's tomorrow. I said, No, it's not. I said, yes, it is. I said, no, it's not. It looks like the change didn't complete. I said, in like full on like gay mode, excuse me? <laughs> so I just looked at them. I said, my friend that has not one fucked up foot, but two. <laughs> I said, she needs help now. Oh my God. This and the, the guy was so it's nice funny. and he let me through. Oh my gosh. But it was so funny. Was the, was the plane full? Probably not, right? It actually was, it made me uncomfortable. I was fine. I had my masks and I had my road to myself, but there were people in front of me and behind me. So that, yeah. like, it, was this your first time flying? Oh God, no. But every other plane I've been on has been empty. Okay, got I flew it. back from New York in December just because I was in Maine for three days and I was missing home so much. So I went to New York for three days. Oh, you flew from Maine to New York? It, just because it's 45 minutes and it's so easy. So much easier. And so it's so much easier and it, you know, it's less of a headache. And so my plane home had come, are coming back to, from from New York to Maine had seven people on it. Oh my god. It was gosh. lovely. It was so nice. It was like a very cheaply made private plane. When will you go back to the city? 
That's a great question. I would like to say maybe the beginning of March because I just think February is just too optimistic. Okay. But it depends. I know I'll, I know I'll be back. I mean, after your here. governor's opening up indoor dining, 25% capacity on Valentine's day. I know that's only two weeks though. And what's the point again, as long as things are open by, you know, April, I'm fine. Cause I have a lot of work to do over the summer. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But in the meantime, I can come harass her. Right. One of my, one of my other best friends lives in Atlanta. Oh, I have yeah. close friends in Boston. I can, har- I can like bounce between people's houses, harassing them and having fun. You have a good headspace, Nolan. I like that. You're very good. You're very, you're in a solid place. I've never been told that before. Thank you. <laughs> I've never been told I had a solid headspace before, but I take it as a compliment because I don't agree. Well, tell us about your podcast because I want you to tell Amy about it. Oh, what, yes. With so, Holly. Yes. So my best friend, Holly, is also a stylist. and Holly Katz. Holly Katz, so, who she knows very well. Um, we talk on the phone an unhealthy amount. We like to say we're delightfully codependent. And so one day her husband walks in and he actually, he works in media. And so he just has an eye for those things. He just goes... You two should have a podcast. Listening to you two on the phone is hysterical because we talk about how terribly dressed people are or like <laughs> if you're going to buy $1,200 shoes, why the fuck did you buy white satin ones? <laughs> stuff like that. And who doesn't love to hear that kind of chatter? We or love like, that. Or like you're a billionaire and you're 60. Can you put your vagina away? <laughs> you know, we, we, we have those moments. And so oh my wow. God, that's we decided to do a podcast and I was, I was kind of hesitant and she calls me, she goes, we're doing this. I said, okay. And then she came up with a name called Fashion Crimes where we report people's fashion crimes, but it's turned into that in addition to talking to our friends within the industry who are stylists. So our last guest was um, her friend, Chris, who was the stylist for Migos, the rapping group. Oh, so yeah. he's done a million, a million music videos and things. We talked to stylists and makeup artists and our friend, David Yontif, who's like one of the podcast um, queens. Okay. I can say queens. He's a queen. I fine. was on his podcast last week. I think it was. Something like, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. And so. So what's the behind the bell? Are people rope, loving it? People are loving it. And it's really exciting. And I think mostly because we have such a, a such a strange dynamic. She can attest to this because we're almost like an old married couple and almost like siblings who are constantly battling. Do you always agree on no. fashion? No, or no, and they're very irreverent. Like I can never get away with the stuff that they do because I just get slaughtered all over social media. <laughs> right, which is, one, which is the perk of not being on TV. <laughs> right. yeah, oh Nobody cares what I say. Got it. Got it. And so we just decided to do it and it's been so much fun. So we just did one on inauguration fashion, which was really exciting. And oh, yeah. what did you think about the inauguration fashion? Um, the only one I didn't die over was Jill Biden's blue outfit. I just, I understood why she did it that way. It was just a little matronly to me. I get it. And the color was also like a fuck you to that guy, to Tucker Carlson, who mm-hmm. told her to not use doctor in her name because she's not a medical doctor. That color, so the color was, a- that color is, the rep, it, like when you graduate, you know how yeah. the ropes are different colors. That uh-huh. rope color is a doctorate in education, which is what she has. So she wore it as like a fuck. Or she wore that color as like a fuck you. I'm. You mean the coat? Yeah, that oh, light okay. blue color. Okay. So I didn't know that. See, I'm learning something. Right. Yeah. I don't. The only thing about her clothes to me, every time I see her dress, she wears everything too tight. So really? it always seems like it needs a little bit alteration. Like it's always too tight the waist or too tight here or something. I just don't like, I think she needs to have a different alterations person. This is, this is pretty much what our podcast consists of, of like offering our different thoughts on styles, what's going you on. You have to have Deandra on as oh, a guest. she's going to. Like, oh, I know, I'll be oh, in so much trouble. Oh no, I brought my mic. Seriously, it's in, it's in my luggage. I told oh, her we're doing this. I said, I don't know if you know you're doing this, but you're doing this. Yes, it'll be so good. And, and it's really fun. Um, also inaugurally, I love Jill Biden's outfit before she went to DC, the purple outfit that she wore. I don't think I saw that. It's okay. beautiful. It was Jonathan Cohen um, and the the CEO of Jonathan Cohen is an acquaintance of mine. She's just so lovely and the clothes are beautiful. 
Um, and then Vice President Harris's coat the night they went to the COVID memorial, the camel coat that had the wave of pleats in the back mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. absolutely stunning, I thought. And I loved her stepdaughter wearing that weird Miu Miu coat with the orange sequins. Oh, at the inauguration? Yeah. I yeah. just thought it was cool. Yeah. I liked that it was different. Yeah. Um, you know, Mike Pence dressed like shit as always. <laughs> Again, the Bushes, whatever. For the first time, and here's the thing, I, Hillary Clinton is not a fabulously dressed woman when it comes to fit. She buys expensive things, but they're not ever well tailored to her. So it looks a, a mess. She actually looked presentable, which was refreshing. And <laughs> How the about sh- the real showstopper of the inauguration? Oh, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. I love mittens. it. I love oh, it. But I God. also have to uh, confess something that I loved Michelle Obama's outfit so much that I found a vintage coat that was a very similar shape, but it had shoulder pads and the sleeves were too short. Luckily, my friend Jennifer um, is a creative genius and she goes, no, you need to buy it. Two weeks later, the inauguration happens. It's the same color and the same cut as Michelle Obama's coat, just with these little alterations that need to be done. Mm. Jennifer takes it, takes the shoulder pads out and lengthens the sleeves. And now I have my Michelle Obama coat. Oh, oh my God. We need it. a picture. You can borrow it. It's in my suitcase. It. You don't think I brought it? I brought oh, it. Oh my God. So let me ask you something about what are your thoughts about women who like, I was one of the things, if you're at inauguration, a really vers- a dress versus pants. I see personally, I think it should be whatever you're comfortable in. Um, but I know some people like to, you know, either honor tradition or go the opposite way. And for me, I mean, whatever makes them happy, whatever makes, you know, I think anybody should be able to wear what they want to wear. But for me, I'd like to see someone pushing the envelope. I would have loved to have seen Vice President Harris wear a pantsuit and a coat, but I just... I was glad she wore a dress for change. Well, that, and that's the thing is, is I think she did that in, in sort of an effort of, it's already a big deal that I'm the first female vice president. I don't need to, you know, give people another thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. I think she was smart in doing that. I've, I never really seen, do. I've never seen her wear a dress. That's she, the first time. Well, I mean, I've seen her wear dresses to like the Vanity Fair Oscar party. Like she loves Carolina Herrera. She loves mm-hmm. Monique Goulier. Those are her two favorite dress designers. But only to even. I guess because I've only seen her professionally in a political, right. you know. In a political, political sense, sense. She, yes. she very yeah. rarely wears I am them. enjoying yeah. listening to you so much. I'm like, I'm like a spectator on my own podcast. I'm enjoying your narrative about fashion and giving us all these little like you keep dropping these little tips and insider info. Like I can imagine your podcast on fashion is so much yeah, fun to so listen fine, to. Yeah. So find us. It's fashion crimes podcast on Spotify and Apple and fashion crimes, fashion crime, heart radio. And, and it is funny. All right. We're here for the fashion crimes. Them. We're not here for the idle chatter. Um, that's that's right. going to be, no, that, that could be the bumper sticker. Thank you for joining us this week. Thank you for thank having you. me. This was so fun. This was fun. He will still, still be here next week. So if you have any fashion questions. Oh my God, I'll be a, I'll make a cameo. Yes. Are so you here all week? Come, I'm yeah, here, I am here, here all week. And let's be honest. I could end up being here all month. <laughs> yeah. If there's any more Nor'easters. So there if anybody Nor'easters. has question for Nolan about fashion, send a direct message to me or to Amy on our Instagram. Okay. And we will, or actually send it to you and then we can, okay. So I won't know if it's for this or not. And then I'll just open it and respond because I'm a tool. Okay. We'll just (laughs) get on your Instagram though. Oh, so yeah. So mine is style by Nolan. And then um, my co-host is Holly Kate's styling. Um, And then our fashion crimes podcast Instagram is at fashion crimes podcast. Okay. So send us some questions. Send us some questions. Oh, let's see. And salacious. It will be salacious. We could talk about someone else's biggest fashion crimes. Oh, ah. here we go. Okay, I think I'm in the hot seat. Ah. She's going to go lock herself in the closet. <laughs> I'm just going to blame it all on you. That was a Nolan choice, not mine. Right. Ah. I mean, there are not many. I admit when I'm wrong, though. I've done some where I'm like, this, 
we didn't get in this theory right. was a good idea in execution wasn't as strong as I thought. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that dress that you were like, is that from Bash? That was one of your Parenza schooler or whatever that you chose for me. That dress that was not such a big hit on the show. I thought it was Bash for some reason. No, it was not. It was one of those fancy dancey. No, I knew I bought no, I knew Jason I, no. Wu or something like that shit. I don't know. I knew I bought it and <sighs> I liked it. I just didn't know who it was. I'm going to go upstairs in the closet and look because it was not... It was not what you said. But I'm okay. here and you don't always get it right. I don't know. No, it happens. human of you. It, 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 you know, it, it, yeah. it didn't really do so well with the tennis shoes that I had to wear because we were traipsing around Grapevine all week mm-hmm. or all weekend, you know, or all day, whatever. And, I well, and talk. also like Texas in the summer, I didn't realize how ungodly hot it is. I didn't realize you were literally in Satan's melting. basement. Yeah, I was <laughs> melting the whole time. Oh yeah. God. So all of like the fabulous looks I'd picked out and I came before, like, before filming, all of the fabulous looks I'd picked out and organized in suits and ba- beautiful blouses. No, she calls me. I she's, wear- like, she's like, I can't wear any of this shit. It's 106. And I don't do short shorts and mini skirts. It's not my jam. No. So I'm like saying, suck it up. She's like, no, you don't understand. I will get heat stroke. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have the shield and the mask. And oh, I mean, it was a lot, yeah, it was so. a lot. Yeah, so I'm glad you're here. We'll Thank have fun. you. We're, we're going to have week. a great time. We're going to suffer through a photo shoot this week somehow. All right. well, it's all right. We have medication. <laughs> all right. For now, all week long, I want you to not give a rip. I'm Deandra Simmons, and you can find me on Instagram at Deandra Simmons, on Facebook at Deandra Simmons, and on Twitter at Deandra Simmons. Very good. Amy Vanderoff across the board, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. That's an O-E-F. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.